Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. I have some bad news tonight. I usually start off on a high note, but I'm going to start off on a low note. Uh, the Arclight theaters are going away. Scott, reaction. <laughs> why did you, you go to me? Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, it it's going to actually fucking murder. It's got to be Scott. I yeah. yeah yeah. Are you dying inside or what? I am dying inside. My God, you know, it, I am super super bummed about this, guys. Um, I right. well let well let's stop there and we'll and yeah. we'll, write, we'll raise up the mood here because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, April sixteenth, twenty twenty one, episode one hundred ninety four of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and although we're bummed about the ArcLight Theater, we are stoked about Star Wars. And the future of this franchise, we got a big, big, big year coming up, and we're going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> are we? I almost said we're going to we're going to tell you all about it, but that that would be a bald faced lie. We are going to talk a little bit about it, though. You probably discuss it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and my God, I'm going to steal Dave's line. We are five by five. Hey, hey, hey! Whoa, whoa! Stay in your lane, <laughs> there, there, buddy. Good morning, Woo! wherever you may be. <laughs> uh, joining us on the show, as always, the Wookiee co-pilot, Gregory Lentelstein. Stephen Boo Radley, are you just going to steal everybody's bits? Are you going to play sound clips between people's names and just take Dave's 5x5 five five and, and, and be a lifelong Star Wars fan? You just... You go on vacation for like 10 days and now all of a sudden this is your goddamn show. What is up? Sir? Well, Hi. if you've ever stolen somebody's been on a podcast, give us a call. <laughs> Hi. Hello. How are you? Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, guys. God, it's, it's I don't appreciate you just jumping in like this. <laughs> Fuck you, Scott. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm Steve. I what it's got to be. <laughs> Uh, Second Steve Baldwin, I can do this too. Also on the show tonight, (laughs) he is a lifelong Star Wars fan, Evansky. Oh my God, Steve! I wasn't—I wasn't even going to be here tonight. I was going to be seeing the last shows at the ArcLight tonight, so uh, at Cinerama Dome. But wait, uh, wait, wait, say it, Scott. I'm not even supposed to be here today. (laughs) I'm not even supposed to be here today. Oh God, thirty-seven. In a row? In a row. Uh, guys, I am so excited. I have been away from this show for way too long, and it is good to see all five of us on the show tonight. I am super pumped. It is crazy time tonight. That's all I'm saying. There is something that's going to happen that not only will the five guys on the show enjoy the hell out of, but I'm sure all 37 <laughs> followers. <laughs> exactly 37 listeners we have. And yes, in a row. Are gonna leave allow no more. No more. <laughs> uh, also on the show tonight, he is the captain of the Nico Rodridovich. Oh, well now see I don't know if I'm supposed to say it anymore again. <laughs> hey. Do I, oh. hey hey, hi, how are you? How are y'all doing tonight? We're so uh, confused. We're, how are you, my friend? 
I'm lost and confused, but I'm here. <laughs> That's okay. It's par for the course. It's exactly where Glad we need to be. I'm sorry, Dave. And finally. A uh, quick shout out to our sponsor this evening, Summer's Eve Feminine Hygiene Products. When something's gone wrong and it's the smell of your thong. Oh, oh, God. oh no. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> this is gonna get so bad, God. so fast. Uh, we have Summer's Eve, Deuce. Why? Why, Dave? Summer's Eve, when your man's in a coma from your panty aroma. <laughs> oh, dude! Oh my God! Why? Come on, we gotta get through this. This is the part that Lisa always complains about takes too long. Okay. <laughs> Under <laughs> no <laughs> not, not usually a complaint she has with Steve. Hey <laughs> Under no circumstances. Summer's Eve! <sighs> when your situation down south makes him breathe through his mouth. <laughs> Should you ever Vagicil. When you get a surprise between your thighs. I'm sweating. And I mean... Vagisil. When dryness lingers, get some cream on those fingers. Yeah, I was... I, oh, I saw man. that. <laughs> Ever. Vagisil. I scream, you scream, we all scream for vagina cream. Call him. Tampax. When you need just the facts, nothing stops it like Tampax. <laughs> Tampax. Knickknacks, paddywhacks, stop your flow with tampon. <laughs> Tampax. Helping you relax when Mother Nature attacks your slacks. Oh, God. You know, oh. it's not even funny. I'm sorry. I, I you just, it, you, it's, uh, I, I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk away now. Go ahead. Take it, Dave. Welcome to the show. <laughs> So much for having the high ground. <laughs> who? Wait, who was that? That's that. I, the voice is on the tip of my tongue, and I can't okay. think of it. That's uh, it, what's his name from SNL, right? Yes, it is. Yep. It's, uh, that, it's, that doesn't exactly help me there, Scott. What's his name? That's as far as I got on my own. That's why I was asking there, for help. There are pretty much fifty years of cast characters we could go through. So you want to start rattling them off? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll narrow it down. It's uh, it he it's Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Uh, you yes. may know him today yes. from Ted Lasso. Ted yes. Lasso. Oh, oh, yes. Ted Lasso is such a great show. My God. Ted Lasso show, fantastic so, show. And this whew. this was a recurring bit he did back in the day uh, with Will Forte, who was the guy who did MacGruber. And it was uh, they were like the B team on ESPN Classic, is what it was. And so oh, was, they were always doing some random sport. You know, we're really hitting the 13-year-old boy demographic with, with this, <laughs> this show <laughs> lately. Um, the, the best part is when I can't, I literally cannot stop laughing, and I look up at the screen to get some support from someone, and Greg can't even look at me. He's just, like, looking <laughs> off to the side. He doesn't want to look at me. Um, uh, I, I had a whole cadence. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Go. No, I, I had this whole cadence. I have this whole rhythm. I have this whole flow to like get us back on track. And you, you stole all my bits on the front end. So I'm just completely, <laughs> I'm completely off book at this right? point. 
but yeah. right? Right? Exactly. Nico feels my pain. Dude. So what, what I will say is we, we are all back together. Yes. That hasn't happened in a while. I, I think we've already talked about that. And uh, we, we normally actually do do some show prep, and we have done nothing tonight, nothing. So I can honestly say to everybody listening at home, there are going to be four out of five of us doing the show tonight that are going to be just as fucking surprised as you are listening to it. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. like that's we, we are all looking forward to seeing what this episode of Wretched Hive is going to be like tonight. <laughs> oh, it's oh, like yeah. it's like we're back to the first two years of, of doing the show together. <laughs> unless a, unless an axe murderer is going to open a door behind you during a power outage, we are not back to the first two years of the show. That's a good point. Uh, and if you've ever been attacked by an axe murderer in the dark, um, give us a call. Let us know how you got out of it. Assuming you're not calling from the other side of the veil on the wretched hive hotline. That's five, six, two, four, five, five, four, four, eight, three. That's five, six, two, four, five, five hive. That's H I V E. In case you can't spell hive. You didn't steal that. Did you? You got damn right. <laughs> you got damn right. I did. And you can also find us online at Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash wretched hive do that? podcast. Damn you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> also, <laughs> a new one. That's a new one. I like that one. Um, hey, if you haven't checked out our shows on Saturday, um, you need to. Uh, we are reviewing. Every episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we started last year with The Mandalorian. We've continued into WandaVision, and now we're on to Saturday reviews of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They're only maybe 30, 40 minutes long. You get a synopsis of the show. You get our instant reaction the day after the show aired. So go check it out. Again, uh, you can find it at wretchedhivepodcast.net or your favorite podcast player. There you go. All right, we had a couple of birthdays this last week. And uh, one of those birthdays was my wife, Lisa. Happy birthday, Lisa. Uh, yesterday, as the show airs, big one for Lisa. I don't think she minds because she's celebrating all over the place. She turns 50 this year, guys. Ooh, Can you, my lovely wife, my lovely bride is 50. Big 5 0. Nice. Okay. And what I'm only 40. Yeah, yeah, when does I, that happen? Yeah, she's way older than me. I don't know. Sometime later this year. <laughs> uh, my birthday was a week before that. We didn't. Uh, I was on vacation. April 8th was my birthday, and I turned 53. Happy birthday, Steve. Thank you, sir. And Mr. Ivansky, <laughs> your birthday was... It, your birthday's always a little bit after mine, but you're younger than me. I don't understand how that works. It's weird. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, that was on uh, Saturday the 10th. Yeah, the 10th. Now... Uh, well, it, is after yours of course he would be younger steve oh that's that's, <laughs> that's how it works. math um, is hard <laughs> so i i uh i, I took i'm gonna jump steve. in here real quick just real oh, yeah, quick jump, just jump briefly in. because uh dave and i uh held down the saturday the, uh, the the duty for the saturday shows these past two weeks and we were happy to do so and, Fantastic. and i felt oh, really bad because on saturday we when we recorded uh, it was Scott's birthday that actual day, so I was able to wish him a happy birthday and everything like that. But I 
neglected and forgot what actual day your birthday was. And it was literally like, Steve's birthday was a couple days ago. Whatever. (laughs) That was great. Oh, that was perfect. You handled that well. And the the best thing to come out of that show, other than your review of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, was this. Second Steve Baldwin. I can do this, too. So there you go. Don't think I'm going to use that at least once per episode for the next 10 or 15 weeks, for sure. Uh, So we, uh, Lisa and I broke away. Uh, We went to Hawaii, which, which, uh, with, with our kids, uh, traveled of course we're in the middle of a global pandemic if you're listening to this steve two years ago for just because um this is during the pandemic still tail end hopefully lots of people getting vaccinated but you know we had to get a test before we got on the airplane all kinds of screening in hawaii was very very strict they have the lowest number of uh, covid cases in the country and it's because they don't let anybody in they don't have any borders to protect from other states and we got a COVID test. We literally stepped off the plane. They gave us another COVID test, a rapid test. So um, it was a little weird to be on the plane, but um, we felt safe and and we were there. So uh, was, was was it a was it a rectal test? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that alone. I really <laughs> rather not discuss it. Um, Wrecked uh, him, but, damn, you killed him. That's a yes. But I, I could not <laughs> resist getting Scott. What? something for his birthday from Hawaii. No, no, no. no. Okay. Yeah, so I got to show you. Uh, it's a this is a local artist from Hawaii. You can look him up online. His name is Shane Molina. Shane Molina. He's got a little uh, store in Hilo on the Big Island. And he uh, hopefully you can see this. This is his work. I'm going to try to angle it so we get there. Don't have a reflection. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so, awesome. So you've got a. Uh, You've got Darth Vader is the main character there in the Hawaiian garb with the lei around his neck. But I don't know if you can see it, but you've got all the Star Wars characters and all the Marvel characters down below. Hawaiian style. Power Ranger. Batman, too. Wow. Yeah, I got some DC in there. I got some Batman. Um, Let's see. They're a Power Ranger? Oh, yeah. yeah. The Power Ranger right there. That is a Power Ranger. And we got Batman. And we got Vader in the was it King oh, Kamehameha. Moana and Maui are there. And yep. Superman. That is super intense. Wow. Hey, we got some Ula in there. Stardust. Oh, yeah. You got Ula in there for sure. Yep. Yep. So uh, kudos to, to Shane Molina. And I, I got some other Star Wars stuff from him. But uh, maybe share on another show. But Scott, happy birthday. Well, this thank is you, Steve. Actually, when I can drop this off to you. Well, uh, that's going to be yeah. soon because I'm getting Vax number two tomorrow, buddy. But no, seriously, right. that is super, super awesome. And I saw now, this just screamed your name. Had, oh yeah, I had to get it for you. It's Did going it sound up like Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. <laughs> well, now, oh my now, god! Look at that picture, Lisa. That's perfect for. Scott! Yeah. <laughs> is that how you guys say my name all the time? Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I say it myself. Happy, how old, what number is it really for real? 40, uh, 49. 40, oh, really? Yeah. Right. 49. Really, really. Or, or as a lot of people I know say 27. I, I'm 27, actually. Um, Steve, I, I didn't know you were going to go so serious. I am completely honored. That is super awesome. And I'm not going to get too per, super sappy here, but I, I kind of went the opposite direction. I care for you, my friend. I really do. But is it a I blow up doll. I really, 
really thought I'd have a little fun with this because you, you're, you're, where are you? You're, 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 you're 40, right? 40. Is that what it is? I'm, I'm 53 and proud of it. So shut 53. up. <laughs> so I'm going to, I wish I had a little drum roll, even some uh, thematic music here, but I'm going to let this one kind of creep up on the screen here. Here we go. Odd. Oh my God. <laughs> That's All right. Strong. What I'm, what I'm seeing there is a, uh, a box. It's got a Star Wars logo in the upper left-hand corner. It's got 3PO's face, and it says Star Wars Clapper. That is the Clapper. Is that literally a Clapper, like clap on, clap off? You're damn right. And the best part about it is he talks to you. Oh. He will tell you all yes. sorts of shit when you're clapping your light on and off. And that's yes. what I thought. There's your drum roll, by the way. <laughs> I just, I just saw I just saw a clap and I thought it was some kind of weird STD kit or something like that. <laughs> also yeah. acceptable. C3O clap is what it is actually. Yeah. Yes, the clap. I don't what wear if... a mask for the same reason I don't un- wear underwear. Yep. Things gotta breathe. It wow. does. It does announce, "Hello, sir." So I thought you'd appreciate appreciate that. All systems have been alerted to your presence. Uh. Something's not right because now I can't see. Oh dear. <laughs> It's going to oh. say that to you all the time. With my oh, luck, it looks stuck on, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, when, I, when we exchange, I'll have to wire that into the Wretched Hive panel here and <laughs> have the sounds ready. I think that has to go in the main house. And I don't think Lisa can say no to it because it was a birthday present. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah. Is that goodwill? Is that what you mean by the main house? <laughs> <laughs> I... Hey man, I'm gonna be. I mean, I'm gonna sorry. Be, Did I say that out loud? Oh, Google has some pretty strict standards. Hilarious. They might not take it. <laughs> I I couldn't pass that up. I swear to God. I was like, I just want to see your reaction oh when God. this guy starts talking to you. I so. love it. I cannot <laughs> wait to plug it in. It will be a regular part of this show. And every t- I clap all the time on the show because I'm so but, proud, of you guys. Every time I do it, we're gonna hear three PO now. Yeah, oh yeah. dear. Do it. 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 Uh, well, thank you, man. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, I was uh. having some fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, the last, I think, I want to say, you got like a, I don't know, Christmas or something. Maybe you got me a 3PO t-shirt. That's that gift is so thoughtful. Oh, my God. All right, I better back <laughs> off on the C-3PO stuff. I, I really got to stop with that. I'll stop. Oh, I yeah, promise. Just, yeah, just get me like a um, you know, uh, make America great again hat or something. I, you know, that's it's it's you're approaching that level. That I know, I know. I, you know I, to be fair, I think the three PO shirt did say "Stay Golden," so I was trying to show that's some true. positivity there. So that is true. That is you, true. You did get me a talking Donald Trump doll at one point, <laughs> that's Mr. True. Baldwin. That's true. Oh my God! Was it huge? Oh, that is too. Uh, well, happy birthday. Well, the hands were tiny, but I assure you there's no problem going on there whatsoever. <laughs> Everything's fine. And you know what? Happy birthday to anyone that's listening to the show that has a birthday. Yeah. It's it's the birthday um, show tonight. And it's, you know what? It's also, it's your unbirthday show. So if it's not your birthday, happy day to you too. To anybody listening to the show who has ever had a birthday or <laughs> will have a birthday. Or has ever those been of you born. not listening to the yes. show. 
who are going to have a birthday. Happy birthday to them. Too. And if you've ever had a birthday, don't forget and, to call us on the Russian High Hotline. I'm so confused right now. Who's talking? <laughs> All right, let's get into the news, guys. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. <laughs> No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. You know, it does fit because a major topic on the show has always been the show itself. Right. So it, it just works. It just fits perfectly. Yeah. And another major topic on the show has been John Favreau. John Favreau's name has been mentioned a few times on this here show. And uh, there are some rumors that I think we need to to discuss about John Favreau and his possibly taking over as showrunner for Star Wars. There's rumors out Going there. The conspiracy theory territory now, Steve. I'm just oh, warning are. you. We are we're <laughs> moments away from QAnon taking over Star Wars. Also. Uh, by the way, my wife is walking, watching a QAnon um, documentary on HBO. Have you guys heard about this? Um, I, uh, I've, I, I've I have it. heard about it. Yeah, I, I've seen the whole thing, and, and we can discuss it. Um, uh, I had I had mixed feelings about it. Very little show prep, so we can discuss anything you guys want. Tonight. <laughs> Look, I'm with I'm with I'm with Colin Yost of Saturday Night Live. I don't understand why QAnon, like. Child abuse, child sex abuse is supposed to be your thing. And Congressman Matt Gates is accused of having of paying for sex with a 17 year old. And you're just you're mysteriously silent about it, QAnon. I don't understand it. Q is the 17th letter of the alphabet. So it all lines up. Where are you guys? (laughs) Well, I'm getting back to the clean world. John Favreau might take over Star Wars. Um (laughs) <laughs> and so the the source on this is is highly questionable but we're going to we're going to review some it's, of the claims it's a little below coming. movie web the source is a little below movie web in terms of um, in terms of credibility will you back me up on below? that Greg? Lentz? Oh, oh yeah oh. i don't know Co- cosmicbooknew.news is <laughs> pretty pretty you know wait pretty wait, wait cosmic book nude what I don't know. Cosmic book news is slightly above i just bought this domain.com in terms of credibility <laughs> first of all there's a picture of kathleen kennedy on this in this article so you know it must be true oh yeah. there we go uh oh, all right first, of all, first of all there's oh. no star wars civil war going on okay everyone's getting along everybody loves you know Ka- kathleen kennedy and and uh pablo hidalgo and favreau and filoni all those guys just go to lunch every day they get starbucks they're just totally fine <laughs> Especially Pablo Hidalgo, who's almost been kicked out of Lucasfilm like 10 times now. Um, but yeah, everyone's getting along fine. So that's that's number one. Number two, there's an Abrams cut. Now, check this out. This is interesting. There's an Abrams cut of Star Rumor. Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Rumor. Oh. Is, is this really, is this a thing that's being talked about? I didn't even see this today. So, so uh, I, yeah, I shared I shared the article just because I thought, you know, what the hell? There's actually not a lot of Star Wars stuff going on. They're pretty radio silent right now. But it, this this is all rumor stuff. And some of the stuff in that article is, is a re to me is a retread of stuff that's been around for a while. Sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like, yep. yeah. Like the 
the piece of the article that made the most sense to me was the idea that Kathleen Kennedy is looking ahead to what her retirement is. And that that's where the rumors come about that John Favreau is going to take over for her. Not because there's a civil war or there's open conflict or anything like that, but anytime you have these large, you know, multinational, publicly traded corporations, they're going to do succession planning for their key positions. So it makes sense to me that Kathleen Kennedy would be in that mold looking around for, hey, someday I'm going to retire. Who is going to take over for me? Oh, John Favreau, let me start grooming you. Let well, me start and, positioning you and, and, and making sure that you're ready to step in and take over for this. And, and I will also I, – I'll, I'll double down on what you're saying, Dave, and say that of all the people that we've listed, maybe J.J., but I think John Favreau – Certainly not Dave Filoni. He's not ready to run a studio. I mean, no. he's fantastic. He could be the showrunner for Star Wars. He's not ready to run the entire Lucasfilm package. Now, now, John Favreau, on the other hand, or J.J. Abrams could potentially do that, I think. I think it's a next level up for them. It's a natural progression of their career to step into a role like that. Well, and I think that, for one, Abrams already has Bad Robot, and I think he's kind of happy doing that, you know, um, and working for many studios, uh, I don't think Favreau has a full-on production. You know, they they all have their own companies, so to speak. But I don't think Favreau's got his own organization quite the way, quite as with the name recognition of Bad Robot. So yeah, yeah, and Favreau, I, I, well, his experience running, you know, with the whole Marvel. I mean, his connection with Disney through Marvel and now Star Wars just makes sense if that's the natural progression of this i see it happening yeah, you know, he he partnered with you know with feige getting the entire mcu up and off the ground i yeah. mean you yeah. know and, and he, he's seen how to build that from the ground up and and how to build it successfully and and like i said i i don't see any reason why abrams isn't happy with with his gig with his company Mm-mm. yeah and considering what Favreau has been able to do with the Mandalorian, um, you know, I think fans could could do a lot worse than John Favreau leading this franchise. Yeah, and honestly, if if that's the progression this goes, if that's where it's gonna, this is gonna take us, you know, he's gonna take uh, Filoni with him in some some manner, some shape or form. You know, seems to be a good partnership. Dave, you want to weigh in? I, I was gonna say it, there was something that I think was in this article that we're talking about that did jump out at me and that was a difference in the storytelling philosophy between the John Favreau and the uh uh Dave Filoni Pablo uh Pablo Hidalgo mm. excuse me the Pablo Hidalgo group and that is that Pablo favors a more kind of open world D&D mm-hmm. adventure module style of storytelling whereas John Favreau is a more traditional like beginning middle end action story and when i read that it rang true to me just because I know some of the newer expanded universe stuff that has been more of the domain of the Pablo Hidalgo as opposed to the main, you know, the mainstream entertainment folks. That's exactly what it reads like. As soon as I read that, I was like, my God, that explains the whole Chuck Wedding aftermath series right there. Mm-hmm. That thing reads like a, an adventure module for a Star Wars role playing game. That's mm-hmm. you can go in and inhabit and do all this stuff around, but nothing really effing happens in the course of the story. Fascinating. That's a great, that's a, that's a great take, Dave. I, I, I totally agree. I, those books, 
especially the Chuck Wendig novels. Um, they just they seem to want to go somewhere, but never actually do. And and it, it's a it, that's a great take. I love that take. Uh, also in this article, um, there's details about the so-called Abrams cut, uh, which have been around for a long time. I mean, we've talked about these in the past episodes that Abrams wanted, um, you know, uh, Ray, for example, to be Vader's granddaughter, um, you know, different, different, um, totally different approach for Ray. Um, and, and I love that idea of who the mother was though. Like that, reading that concept, I'm like, oh, maybe this is a, a an actual story idea from somewhere because that sounds like something that J.J. Abrams would have done. The idea that uh, Ray's mother was a a force archaeologist or something like that that, that mm-hmm. Luke encounters after the events of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. A fellow, that, fellow that, rebel. That, that just that just felt like an Abrams esque character design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this the same article that talked about? George Lucas uh, ghost directing from behind the scenes too. Is this that same article? There's a mention of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think in fairness to the article, it was shooting down. They were saying like, Hey, people talk about this. And by the way, that's total bullshit. Don't pay any attention to that. <laughs> uh, this is uh, actually, if you want to find it, it's cosmic book, not comic book, cosmic book dot news. And the title of the article is John Favreau rumored to take over Star Wars amid Abrams cut rumors by Matt McGlowan. A, yeah. a news source that is slightly above news site you've never heard of dot com. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't want to I don't want to start a new thing like we had with The Last Jedi or anything, but uh, oh, I never I never picked up Rise of uh, Skywalker. So does anyone have a copy of it blu-ray or the hd one or, or whatever that the 5k one from 4k whatever it is um does it have deleted scenes on it or was it all that it added in anyone get a copy anyone buy this thing uh, uh nope nope i and, i did buy it and i don't remember huh. i honestly have not watched that thing since uh we saw it in theaters steve yeah yeah, I I have the digital version, not a not a physical copy, because I'm in the Greg Lent camp with uh, physical copies, not the Dave Potter camp. Hmm. Yeah. I think I've only watched it on Disney Plus. I mean, I have seen it again since in the since the theaters, but I've just watched it on Disney Plus, and I don't recall anything as far as bonus features because they do load in bonus features on Disney Plus. You can see extras and deleted scenes, but I don't. I honestly don't remember. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. I haven't even ventured into Disney Plus to see that. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, as streaming gains popularity and physical media does go away, I we're going to see the end of these deleted scenes and directors commentaries and all that stuff that, that we have all grown up loving for the last 20 to 25 years. Yeah. I think that's all just going to go away. They're not going to put it out on the streaming services anymore. You know, yeah. I think you're I think you're right cuz especially like you know on on the the Netflixes and the Hulus and the uh HBOs you know they really don't care about putting that I I'm frankly shocked that Disney put that stuff on there but they're kind of the only streaming service that does it yeah. um and yeah. it does kind of make me sad uh but to be honest you know 
I think when they first started putting deleted scenes out there, I think a lot of them were interesting. And and Scott brought up something a couple weeks ago about the the Aliens director's cut. And there was a lot of really cool deleted scenes that added stuff to the story. Um, But recently, like all of the extras deleted scenes that they put on all of the sequel trilogy, Force Awakens, uh, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker... They were all kind of crap, guys. I mean, was, there was nothing that was like, oh, that's a really cool thing that they could have put. They were all just kind of garbage. Yeah. I wasn't impressed yeah. with anything on any of the discs that got put out there as far as you know, they, scenes. You know, they, that's a weird format, too. Speaking of Aliens and how we, we used to see this and and, and enjoy this, um, take all this in, it changed. I, I remember talking about this with Laserdisc. You know, there were movies that suddenly were getting deleted scenes. I'm like, do we really need movies like this with deleted scenes? But... Yeah, I think a lot of times movies like a Star Wars franchise kind of deserve it. Like we get to see all the stuff that was cut out back in the the early days. But you're right with the new sequel trilogy, it it the stuff I've seen from the first two films just not that great. And mm-hmm. I don't know it, how, who's going to determine that the director, the studio. Yeah. I I think they they lo- I think they lost interest in doing it. Um, I don't yeah. I just don't you know I I don't think people care about including that stuff anymore i mean so much stuff gets shot now that they can shoot things digitally so much stuff gets shot that you know they can shoot all this extra footage and just shit can it you know before they used to have to pay for the film that they would you know print the stuff on so they cared about the shots that they make now with you know all this digital recording they just they don't give two shits about any of it and they just say well fuck it just throw that out it's crap yeah it's also sorry sorry scott but it's also an added cost to go back and produce these things you have added rights clearances and things like that it's just it's cleaner to say hey we did the film and it's done and here it is on the streaming service and we don't have anything else to to throw in it, it's it's interesting scott that you talked about aliens because i was i was started making a list in my head of oh other movies where the deleted scenes really come back and have an impact on what the final product might have been and i realized i'm making a list of james cameron movies aliens yeah. terminator <laughs> 2 the abyss and we're not yeah. going to have that experience anymore because <laughs> the film studios now don't focus on releasing a two-hour movie to go into theaters. We've gotten away from that model. So it's a lot easier for directors to say, I want to tell a two-and-a-half-hour story. And the idea of having a director's cut doesn't need to exist as much anymore because a lot of times those things were cut out specifically so that they could keep it at that two-hour mark for theaters. And yeah. I just learned this recently – in the 70s and 80s, at least, they oftentimes shot movies with an additional five to ten minutes of footage so that they could contractually put them onto network television so that network yeah. television could market it and say, seeing scenes not seen in theaters. Yes. That's where the, the Star Trek II director's cut comes from. They shot that extra, like, four minutes of crap so yeah. that they could advertise it on network TV. They specifically shot it for that purpose and didn't put it in the movie. Yeah, uh, Halloween is a great example of that because they do have a, the Anchor Bay DVD version. I'm sure later versions came out where they have the TV version, which has scenes that were cut or specifically shot for the TV network premiere because they were going to have to cut out some of the R-rated material from the theatrical release, uh, which is great because they do end up making a director's cut out of it. And it's fascinating to see where... John Carpenter. And here's another thing. I'm sorry, Greg, I interrupted you, but honestly, okay. there's another moment to me or a, a thought was 
back then you had directors who it seems like cared more about their product. And I, I'm not trying to dismiss the newer directors, but a lot of it feels more cookie cutter nowadays. Like a, a studios will come in, grab the director, uh, just put out something like, we just want this shot. If you do anything extra, we'll just cut it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you might see it somewhere down the road. Back then you had a James Cameron, you had a John Carpenter or George Lucas who would take the time to be involved possibly in the writing process and then have to make the really hard decisions on what to cut from that film because the studios were were requiring like a two hour or an hour and 45 minute time slot. So it's just fascinating to see how they took very talented uh, people writing these things and cut those scenes and then put them back in. And they, they're actually really good scenes that do push the story story forward. I understand that these studios want this hour and 45, two hour movie, you know, but like, where does that come from? Why does it have to be so strict? It comes from the number of showings that a movie theater can have during the course of a day. Yeah. And traditionally you would, you would want to be able to have five showings during the course of a day. And you need to have about a two hour runtime to do that because you have to have time to, clear the people out after the show, clean it up and then get the next audience in and still have time, you know, so that you're not starting the show too late or the first show too early. As we've gone into the megaplex era and as we've gone into, you know, screening these shows at all hours of the night. And as we just discovered during the pandemic, something like 40% of the box office comes from New York and Los Angeles where people are totally willing to go to a movie that starts at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or one in the morning. They've really gotten away from that that two hour runtime, and I think, I think the movie that really broke the back of it, honestly, was uh, Dances with Wolves in 1990. Yeah, because that was a three hour theatrical cut. A lot of theaters didn't necessarily want to do it because you would only be able to get three showings in in a day instead of four to five, and it just did boffo box office. Yeah. Was just sold out. It's funny, Dave, yeah, that I you mean, brought that up because back. Even before then, there were three-hour films or close to them, but very rarely did we see them, and they didn't make a lot of money. Usually, they were, I would always say, like Oscar contenders, something that was going to be a more serious tone movie. And, um, you know, uh, I'm thinking like Amadeus or something like that. I can't remember the runtime on those, but this is early 80s and even back into the 70s. But, yeah, Nico, that's that's a great question, and Dave's got a great point. It is all about money and how much you can get in the day and people out. But yeah, we started going to Universal City to see movies, and it's a big megaplex back in the day in the late 80s and the 90s. Um, and man, they had midnight, two o'clock in the morning showings, and so it didn't really matter anymore. Yeah, and it, it, and what I remember about going to movies in the 70s and the and the up to the mid 80s is you know the the largest theater you would go to would be of about four theaters inside and most of them be only being two or you would go to a drive-in where they can only show movies you know at night um the in in 88 when when batman first came or 89 when batman first came out the theater in westminster was the largest theater that was opened around us and i think it had seven screens inside of it and, yeah. and that was just amazing it was wild and yeah. you don't see anything with less than 15 screens in it now i mean you just don't see them with anything smaller than that so yeah. there's so many theaters and so many more seats in these houses that Wait. Uh, they can make these larger larger uh run times 
I think I just had an epiphany. <laughs> you look so like you, you have a migraine. <laughs> I just had a, I, and I think, I think I was today years old when I learned that at the end of the movie theater names, that number is how many theaters they have <laughs> to show inside <laughs> the fucking building. Yes. There you go. Like Edwards <laughs> Cinema. Huntington Beach 8 or whatever is yeah. like, yeah, there's eight theaters inside there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. I, I don't know. That's, I was today yeah. years old when I learned, and I figured it out all on my own. Well, uh, I, this is going to be off subject. But <laughs> Greg you brought this. So, you must be so proud right now, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody had to teach me that. I learned that can on I my just own. Ask I figured what, it out. Can I just ask what you thought it was? I mean, did you ever put any thought to like what is that never thought about it i mean uh, maybe when i was younger and i mean okay so where (laughs) we grew up greg you can attest to this huntington beach westminster area i saw a lot of numbers on like restaurants like all the pho places were like numbered all the like albertos were numbered or whatever so So I kind of figured it was like, okay, this was number eight of however many, and that one is number six, and the other one is number nine, and like, I don't know. I thought they were just... It's That's like so those sweet. guys who ask what happened to COVID's one through eighteen is what it's like. Exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was just gonna think, I'm glad I, I, you went down that road. I was gonna say, well, how many Westminsters are out there? So it's Westminster one through eight, and you, you just happen to be at the eighth one. That's I cool. love that That's Nico cool. is just so authentic and honest about it. Like I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> so I never thought correct. about it, but while we're here having this conversation, it kind of clicked. It's never. It was never something that I sat and pondered and couldn't figure out. It was just something that I was like, "Oh wait, shit, that makes sense now." And <laughs> there it is. Ah, oh, that's years. Uh, numbers after their name, though. What do you do about those ones? You just feel like I don't know. No. I don't know. <laughs> my, my honest to god, first job in in high school was at the Cinema Seventy on the Monterey Peninsula. It did not have 70 theaters in it, Nico, but it, it got its name because it was a 70 millimeter mm. print theater house. Yeah. Over a thousand seats, one of the, the last of its kind in that area. I was sad to see it get carved up into a six screen multiplex Ugh. like a year or two after I worked there. It's always mm. a crime. I may or may not still have the sign in my garage that I stole, but I did. That's, I did that's a whole get to thing. see, Dave, I did get to see when uh, Tarantino released The Hateful Eight. On uh, seventy millimeter, uh, one of the the screenings that was fantastic. Um, well, let's stick on the topic of theaters, guys, here for a moment because uh, what, what uh, was I'll, the original I'll, topic that we just wandered <laughs> completely away from? But I'm going to start a a Hollywood icon landmark uh, is going away, guys, and that is the ArcLight Theater in Hollywood. Uh, Arclight and Pacific Theaters announced this earlier this week that they are closing their doors for good. They were the first chain to open uh, with reserved seating and with ushers. Uh, in particular, those of us that live in California and Los Angeles area um, ha- that have been to the Arclight Theater in Hollywood know what a, a great um, location it is. Um, it's a great theater, great sound. It's always it's always clean. Sometimes you run into you know celebrities that are seeing movies there. Just a great place to walk around Hollywood and see a film. And uh, closing its doors uh, pretty soon. So Scott, I'm I'm going to start with you on this one. 
because I know you love going to movies up in Hollywood. What's what's your take on this and how are you feeling right now about this? Well, let me let me just start by saying this. <laughs> okay, I'm cracking open the Jamesons for you. He's, he's got 440 on the sidewalk right now. I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's sad. It's a it's a sad sad day. I my hope is. I mean, it, there has been some talks and some rumors about saving the iconic building, um, the Cinerama Dome. If you haven't seen it, if you're not from local Southern California here, have never visited, it it is one of the most iconic looking buildings you'll see. I think in the world, it looks like a giant dome. But it has that kind of beehive look to it. Like, uh, actually, it's like we should call it the hex, right? Because it's got. <laughs> I, I I think you could say it's a, we got got that mid-century look to it. Definitely. I'm not an architectural student, but I think that's what the motif would be of the building. Yeah, and and all that stuff you said about it, Steve, is great. It it had the first reserved seating. Um, I think I believe it also had the first like. Um, I hate saying this because we're going to take it all wrong. Adult theater, which means you could actually eat and drink in the theater itself. Um, Right. That that, that did sound a little wrong. Yes. It did sound way wrong. Not Matt Gates wrong, just somewhat wrong. So I'm sharing Um, a picture with you guys here. Um, If you can see my desktop, it's the center of the dome. It it looks like the top half of a golf ball. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, I was there for that Godzilla premiere, so I have yeah. photos of that day as well. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's going to be a sad day. I, have I seen a movie with you guys at the Sidoroma Dome? I, I went up dome? and saw, I saw episode seven um, there, and they had just installed this like super high-tech digital, super high-definition projector. Yeah. And the, a particular film print that had to be cut... It, for this projector and it was i remember there was a shot of one of the star destroyers um like sort of suspended in 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 space in episode seven that just it looked just i don't know i can't even describe it it was it was it looked three-dimensional on this two-dimensional screen it was such a cool place to see a movie there so So i'm gonna have a true i have never seen a movie in that theater that wow. hurts my soul. Wow. That hurts yeah. my soul. So one one thing that. one thing that I I want to go to talk about the Cinerama Dome is it has this gigantic curved screen because yes. it's a it's a dome and the screen is so massive it actually requires multiple projectors to get the image up onto the screen. It's one of I think two theaters in the world that uses three projectors to get the whole the whole image up there because that is how massive it is and the first movie i saw there was from dusk till dawn nice it was my first exposure to salma hayek was on that screen oh my god since since we're catering to the 13 year old boy market with this episode congratulations and if you're going to get exposed to salma hayek that's the way to do it right there (laughs) right and that movie and that movie in particular because her and that what white boa holy hell dave (laughs) um dave i I like you went personal on that i want to do two personal stories on it my first movie i could have seen something when i was a kid I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. But the one I remember the most was they had a uh, kind of like a, a, a tribute or they, they were bringing back or restoring a version of um, the Wild Bunch. 
uh, Sam mm-hmm. Peckinpah, mm-hmm. Uh, back in I think it was ninety one, ninety two, and a couple of my movie friends at the time were like, "We got to make a trek out there and see this. It's like this screen only." And I've never seen the movie, so I needed to go see this. I'm like, well, that's the movie theater to see it on. And, oh, my God, I walked out of there almost crying how big. That screen is so massive inside. And to see it, like you said, Dave, that curve, and you know that three projectors are, are making this happen. It was just mm-hmm. shocking to me. Uh, but the – oh, go ahead, sir. No, I was going to say it, it's from that era, and I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll let you finish it. But it's from that era where movie houses were desperately trying to compete with television. So they were doing it by making the screens even bigger and wider and just all encompassing in terms of your field of view. So you're sitting there in that theater and you you don't have to turn your head. The movie is literally just surrounding your entire field of vision. Sorry to interrupt. Just trying to make sure I'm explaining to people who are not from Southern California why this place is so fantastic. Sorry to interrupt. It it really is that. I mean, it is it is. Absolutely stunning. And it's before IMAX, I think, was really the concept. I mean, you said competing against TV, which was exactly what was happening. But that's the first kind of feeling where you feel completely engulfed in a movie. Just, I mean, almost swallowed up by the thing. Um, And I think the last one filmed was the Tarantino film, uh, Hateful Eight, um, which was shown at specific theaters. If you could see a 70 millimeter print, full 70 millimeter widescreen was just absolutely stunning. Uh, my second quick true confession is, so I have confessed and said many times on this show that I have seen every single Star Wars movie uh, debut at Grauman's Chinese. That is in, an inaccurate statement. I have seen all of them at the Grauman's Chinese Theater, but I could not get the debut of Revenge of the Sith, so I saw it at the Dome before I saw it mm-hmm. at Grauman's. That's an adequate substitute, my friend. Uh, absolutely. Uh, just get on podcast right now. <laughs> I'm uh, out, guys. Just God reading damn. from OC Register, the concrete geodesic dome on Sunset Boulevard is an official historic monument and a tourist attraction in and of itself. It's been featured in Tarantino's most recently, Quentin Tarantino's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and occasionally decorated for higher-profile higher premieres. Some on Twitter have started tossing out suggestions for buyers. Uh, Quentin Tarantino famously famously bought the new Beverly Theater in Los Angeles, and some suggested that he purchase this chain to keep the theater open. That'd be great. Veep, Veep actor Tim, Timothy Simmons tweeted, Brad Pitt, buy the Arclight Challenge. So he just, uh, <laughs> thrown down for Brad. Keep going. Let's do it. <laughs> so, so Quentin Tarantino does own, or did, does he still? Does anybody know if he still does? Yes. Yes, he does. The, the new Beverly. Okay. Still owns the New Beverly and runs it kind of like a an art house theater, which is cool. I highly support that, but it's only like two, three, four screens, something like that. This, <laughs> I think it's only one or two. It's it's really yeah, small. yeah. yeah. And, and that's most of these, you know, like the Chinese, like you were mentioning, that originally was a one screen theater. They've expanded onto the back of it, and it's now a multiplex in and of itself. Yeah. But the Chinese theater itself is really just one screen. One massive screen and one yeah, massive auditorium, but the yeah. original theater is just one. And a lot of the old-timey Hollywood theaters are kind of that way. I don't know that you're going to get a buyer to come in and it, pick up something yeah. like the Ark. Well, so it, Greg, it's here's the really thing. hard to oh. be – sorry, Scott. It's nope. really hard to be a, a viable you know, big-time Hollywood movie theater if you're not part of a chain anymore because yeah. the studios want to get their pictures – out there with the chains that's that's who has access to get those anymore 
So yeah. a funny thing about what you were saying, Greg, is that uh, the arc light, the actual dome, I'm sorry, the Cinerama dome, which is the giant dome out front, used to just be one theater. And then Arclight came in as a chain and purchased it and built around the back end. So there's like a 25. It's like an Arclight 25, Nico. So, yeah. Um, okay. But, but what's really, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it's what's sad about this is those theaters weren't bad. They're really great theaters. That's also the one where you can get the, you know, the, the adult drinks and the food served to you and waiters. There's one of those. And they have an amazing restaurant inside the theater itself where the waiters will come out, serve you and talk about the film you're about to see with no spoilers. They'll, you know, kind of you know, talk it up. They'll get, they get really into your motion picture experience. And that's what I really enjoyed about Arclight. So I'm kind of sad to see this entire chain going, but this dome has to stay. It is an iconic piece of Hollywood. It cannot disappear. I will say, Hmm. go go ahead, ahead, Steve. I'm not going to jump in front of you. I was going to say, let's let, what if we all the five of us and all of our listeners Pool, pool our money, pool in. We each throw in, you know, 20, 30 bucks. And cool, we we'll have 100 bucks. The dome. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We have millions of listeners. 20, 30 bucks, 20, 30 million bucks. We could buy that building. Can are we you just, trying to crowdfund buying? Are you trying to crowdfund buying the building? Let's I was do thinking, it. Yeah, I was thinking about If that. we're going to get 20, 30 million dollars, is that really what we're going to spend it on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's my a- God, yeah. That's a private um, party right there in a right, pandemic. Go, go. I can think of worse things, to be quite honest. I can think of worse things to spend it on. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, Scott, as, as yeah. much as you might be the anti-establishment and, you know, the chains and whatever, and as much as you like that cozy feeling, I will say there is a chain out there, Sinopolis, that has the same feeling. Yeah, uh, where you get to go in and you can get adult beverages, you can get full meals. The you know you have a server that comes to your seats. The seats are big, cushy, plush recliners. Mm. Um, they are paired all the seats, um, so it's cool uh, for a date. You know, um, nice. I take the wife and I. You know, back when the dark times weren't happening and we can go to movies, <laughs> that was a cool spot to go to. Um, but yeah, they're they're a chain that has that same kind of feel. You have, you know, like some of the Regals now, the newer ones and Edwards and stuff, you might have like a small little table thing in front of your chair, but this had like an actual like table that would slide in and out in front of you. Um, and you nice. had like a chair side. Um, there's a small lamps, and like I said, you've got the big plush recliners that are paired up so you can sit close. The cool thing about them, actually, um, and while mentioning the the pairs, is that when you lift the um, armrest between the pairs of seats, it's actually like a big couch. It's big and open. Wow. So, yeah. It, you know, and it's Nico, a cool you, spot to go to. You brought them up, and I, I hope I'm going to say this right. There used to be a theater called that out in the, uh, if you're familiar with the Southern California area, your Belinda, Anaheim Hills area. So somewhere out there off, I think it was Imperial Highway, there used to be an old chain, but it wasn't as as nice as what you were describing. It, but they were a theater that would play regular movies, and then on special nights, they would play classic films. They would bring them in, and you could have like classic um, like movie groups come in and just mm-hmm. you know have discussions about the film afterwards, almost like seeing a, a screener-type movie. 
Yeah, Sinopolis or Sinepolis or whatever they call themselves, they 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 brand themselves as a luxury movie theater. So it's you know it is really posh, like Nico says. It's very nice, and I will say that the seats recline almost to like a bed. I mean, oh, yep. they almost recline too much, and you get too comfortable in those seats because <laughs> yeah, a, 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 a cozy blanket and you could stay there all night. I mean, nice. it's. Yeah. it's Oh, and a dark room and a movie and an adult beverage. I'm I'm falling asleep. It doesn't yeah. matter oh, yeah. what's on the screen. Oh yeah. So, well, Before, and the, okay. the thing is, like, I've only I've only been to them here in San Diego County, where our beer selections are second to none, and you can get some really nice beer and sit there and watch a movie. You can get a plated meal, um, like not like the you know the microwaved burger and chicken nuggets that you might get at some of these theaters. Like you're getting like a steak with like asparagus and truffle nice. roasted potatoes, or you're getting like like a real plated meal. I will say you get a real upcharge on your movie ticket and all the <laughs> meals and your beer. It's you know a dinner for two at this movie theater is no easy thing to. Suddenly I'm hungry though. That sounds great. Well, Capital- you know, Capitalism it's, it's just ex- sucks, doesn't it? It's an experience. It's an awesome, awesome experience. It really is. Uh, I used to complain about their ticket prices actually because they are more than just your standard Regal price. But now that Regal has realized that people want these, you know, kind of more privatized or smaller crowd experiences. And it was happening even before the pandemic. You were seeing a reduction in theater sizes. They were putting in more recliner seats, you know. Yep. Um, they were doing things to make the the actual going to the theater experience more comfortable. They've raised their prices to where if I'm going to pay that much, I would rather go to a Sinopolis because the chairs are more comfortable. There's less people in these places. And you have better food and drink options. I mean, yeah. like you say, most of the Sinopolis – carry a even up here in orange county there's a few up here in orange county um they offer a, pr- a really good selection of, of craft beers that you know that are local so and i haven't i haven't looked recently but i remember the last time we went to go just for the movie just for the tickets to go see the movie before dinner and everything else it was like near 30 bucks mm. for a ticket just to get in the door and sit in your chair so well, yeah, yeah there's a premium before we segue out of this, I have to talk about a theater thing. I do have an announcement. This has been a year of craziness with us, and we have discussed this topic on the show before. And since we're talking about theaters, we had discussed about not going back to movies for a while. Uh, I have an announcement to make. Oh, boy. On our end. Said, okay. <laughs> I said, well, almost, like in a nice way. Uh, I decided to go see... King, uh, King Kong, or Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus Kong. Um, and th- th- there was a mix-up, a, a thing that was going on. We were trying to get Dodger tickets for the birthday, and the, the end, uh, situation ended up. We couldn't get them. So we decided to rent an old car, and you guys know I already have two of them, but this thing was like a lap of luxury car, and we went to a drive-in theater. And the drive-in oh. theater experience was fucking awesome. Like, it was the best so I have to plug these guys because they did such a bang-up job. But Mission Tiki out in, like, Chino, Montclair area, you guys are the tops. Like, wow. it, Chino, it was, Montclair, way out there. It was a drive. But we rented a night. Some of you guys owned in the parking lot, though. What's that? 
At least some of you guys boned in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm not going to confess to anything. Um, well, how about how about if I how about if I tell you this? We you know, I got up... really personal earlier, Scott. I feel like you're just not reciprocating with the rest of us. I'm By the way, when was this. the last time you used the terminology "boned"? Boned. It is. It is 13 years old. Today it is sure. right. Oh. The drive, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we we ended up renting. Uh, I, I have two vintage cars, so we have this vintage insurance company that actually rents cars, and we didn't want to drive our car out there, so we rented a 1976 Lincoln Continental. Wow! And it was like nice. taking that. It was like driving a cloud to the drive-in theater. It was the <laughs> most. I almost fell asleep on the way out to the theater. It was so perfect. Like you guys are talking about those chairs. This car had those chairs. I was. It was amazing. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Mission Tiki. Uh, I had a great time. And what better to see a classic, even though it was a modern version, of a monster film on a drive-in theater screen. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. All right. That. We, we've, we've talked classic movie theaters. We've talked classic cars. We need to talk classic video games because today, as the show released, video gamers, this is for you, Star Wars Republic Commando is set for pre-order. You can... You can pre-order starting today. Uh, it's only out for a limited time. It's available on PS4 and Nintendo Switch digitally. But this physical run is out today. The original game released in nine, uh, sorry, 2005 on PC and the Xbox. It was produced by LucasArts. God bless LucasArts. Yeah. Uh, no longer exists. But uh, the shooter was believed, believed to be... Uh, by many, uh, the best for its tactical gameplay and enjoyable campaign that followed the Delta Squad. And here I'm reading from uh, GameRant.com. Uh, recently was revealed that the game is returning to PS4 and Nintendo Switch on uh, April. You can pre-order starting April 16th. It's actually available for digital download already. But if you want your hard copy, now get this. This is what grabbed my attention. $89.99. Oh, my God. God, what? Uh, you get, Shit. yeah, you get, uh, hang on, let's see, there's a package that comes along with it. Uh, on top of the standard edition, okay, it's a, sorry, it's a special edition, so it's probably standard for 59 and then limited edition run, $89.99, you get uh, art cards, a steel book, that's pretty cool. A, re a reversible poster and more collectibles. That more, Steve? That's an entire Republic Commando outfit, right? You can wear as well. <laughs> right. That's holy. That's, that's sure. probably in-game content. There's no underwear included. <laughs> <laughs> you know, packages like this make me think about when Bethesda Studios released Fallout 76 and in their pre-release, they promised a wearable power suit helmet and a canvas bag to put it into like a year before the game was released. When it came time for delivery, the helmet was smaller than they promised. You could put it on like maybe your like cat's head, but not a human's <laughs> head. And then the bag that it came in was like a cheap plastic bag not this canvas bag that they posted pictures of and hyped people up for 
So you start promising all these big things, and I just look back and hope that history's not repeating itself because exactly. See, Scott's got the idea. Yes, wearable Dodgers baseball helmet, and it's an ice cream cup. So I'm just worried that, you know, we're going to see a a repeat of the past because there were a lot of people that were really upset about it. There was, like, I'm pretty sure there were lawsuits about the whole thing. I would think there would have to be. That's some serious false advertising with showing a canvas, beautiful bag, and giving them plastic shopping bags. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I think they got away with it because in their description, they never described it as such. But then the pictures of the pre-order package for the Super Deluxe Edition, which, mind you, was like 500 or $600. And that would be like Scott renting that Lincoln Continental, that sweet 70s Lincoln Continental, and he shows up and it's like a 91 Hyundai. Yeah. Oh, right? don't even get me started. Well, I was just going to say, didn't that game originally debut at like $39.99? So now it's like $89.99? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, you know what also debuted at $89.99? This did. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Star Wars! Also the Mark Hamill Tweet of the Week. Brought to you by the Wretched Hive Podcast. Sorry I cut you off there kind of harshly, Nico. I just had to get to the Tweet of the Week because we're running short on time. It works for me. All right. Uh, as has become tradition, the Star Wars Tweet of the Week is uh, is from Mark Hamill. I need to redo that that bit, the, the, the bumper. So it's a Mark Hamill Tweet of the <laughs> Week. Uh, Mark Hamill posted on April 12th, hope you all had a, a nice national pet day. With a picture of Mark holding a huge bone over his shoulders, kind of like a baseball bat, like a baseball player, except it's a bone. And there's there's a rancor behind him. <laughs> I can celebrate. Like, that's his pet. <laughs> that's great. Was he holding it like a baseball player with a bat, or is he holding it like a storm, like a sand person with a gaffy stick? Oh, there you go. Yeah, was he talking about how we're, you know, in the field, you're part of a team, but when you're at the plate, it's a time for individual achievement. Because if he was, run for the fucking hills. <laughs> <laughs> here, I'll show, I'll show you guys here. I got it, uh, got it pulled up here. And you got to love, you got to love. Come on, how oh, can you yeah, love that? It's, it's base, it is kind of baseball badish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Solid. That's great. Mark, how we love the... I think they had that same Rancor statue at one of the celebrations, or one similar to it at one of the celebrations where you could take pictures with it. It It might be that's from. It might be a celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember seeing that, and and that was the one thing I actually waited in line because Kyler wanted his picture with the giant Rancor, and it was actual, like, life size. You know, if you think of of Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, and Return of the Jedi, compared to the size of that Rancor, it was that fucking big. So, yeah, it's like 30 feet tall. I, I got yeah. a, my prized possession from uh, celebration was uh, I was I, I went dressed as Han Solo, of course, and they had a life size Jabba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had to take a picture of me and Jabba. It's pretty, pretty strong. You didn't man. make Lisa sit up there. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> oh, uh, 
Oh no, but she 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 was a hero though. She she dressed up too, and uh, that was a great time. Are we gonna have? We might have a celebration coming up now in 2022, because the 2020 celebration was kicked forward a couple years. Kicked forward uh, two yeah. years, and and, and most yeah. of the con events uh, are canceling out. Although I I'm I've heard rumors that they're planning some type of. Uh, Comic Con ish type get together around Thanksgiving of this year. Um, that is nothing. That is true. I, will, I will back that up. Really? Um, who's who's so planning? We, we Comic Con. We might be up for oh. large gatherings here towards the end of the year. Yeah. Now, wow. probably my question still, probably to still that. wearing masks and probably with with some additional protocols, but large gatherings. My my question is, with this rescheduling, does this mean that? "Quote unquote Comic Con" is going to be in November from now on, or are we going to get a Comic Con seven months later, back in June, July again? I don't think they would alter. They they've done Comic Con at that same time for going on 30, 40 years now. So yeah. I, I I think that it would still remain to be in July as it always had been. This the one in November. They've they've already said to Dave's point making it a smaller event, not the 200,000 people descend on San Diego for five days. Um, Just more of a two-day with very limited tickets. A.K.A. smaller event, we desperately want some revenue on the books in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now what I'm seeing here is at StarWarsCelebration.com, the date is August 18th, through 21st, 2022. So this appears to be happening. We oh, got God, year- everybody, calm down. It's oh. happening. <laughs> there, here's, I'll show you mine. There yeah, we go. Yeah, there we go. Me okay. and Steve and Scott doing a little, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. I was going to put the Jabba's is what they're doing. So, yeah, yeah right. so literally for people listening to us babbling at this point, <laughs> hosts of the show are literally just pulling up on their phones pictures of themselves with Jabba the Hutt and sharing them on our video chat in real time. That, yes. is, that is what's actually happening showing, right now. Showing pictures of themselves and their giant slimy slugs. <laughs> we are so this, old. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't prep for the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, at least uh, I used the share screen option, all right? Come on, guys. Right. Um, old school. <laughs> all right, hold on. I got Before you keep talking, I got to do this. There. All right, now you can keep talking. Now, Steve's going to talk about a minute. Give me the hat. He's going to have that's for All right, this is when you should start thinking. <laughs> what is my when final I, thought? When Steve says. Last time. <laughs> when Steve says, final thoughts, have something. All right. Guys, episode 194 of the show is in the books. Wow. We're coming up on 200. It's coming like a screaming freight train. It's going to hopefully it's not at us, but it's uh, it is coming in a, in a few weeks. And, and uh, between now and then, please join us on Saturday for our epic weekly review of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Episode five coming up, guys, this week. Any predictions? Big things will happen. New character. New character's coming, right? 
right? We, we say that? This Wolverine? is the penultimate, penultimate uh, episode, right? There's six episodes of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. Mephisto will be in it. I'm pretty Mephisto. sure Mephisto's going to be in it. Yes! God damn it, Greg. <laughs> well, I'm you w- don't know where my Fisto has been. Guys, uh, any final thoughts on this episode? Godzilla versus Kong could have been 33 minutes long. Yeah, I I heard. Lisa watched it, and and that's about what she said. Better or worse than the Snyder Cut? Ooh, shorter. Shorter. (laughs) All right, so we got on this kick this week. We, we ran out of stuff to binge. So we're going back to Lost. We're, we're, we're giving Lost another try. It's worth Just it. JJ. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. First two seasons are amazing. <laughs> what is Lost even on now? Where do you watch Lost now? Uh, it is on YouTube. Hulu. Hulu. Oh. Or it, Hulu. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will watch it there either then. <laughs> You didn't get the Hulu Disney Plus package? I hope you have a lovely week. Wear your mask. Continue to socially distance. We're not out of this thing yet, but we're getting close. Have a great couple of weeks. And until then, may the force be with us all. Second ball, but I can do this too. Suck it, Steve Baldwin. I can do this too. (laughs) Suck it, Steve Baldwin. I can do this too. Second Steve Baldwin.